I think computers are going to program themselves. I don't think like we're going to tell computers what to do. That seems like a very now thing. I don't think in 20 years that's really what's going to be happening. Welcome to Noah Kagan Presents. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Noah Kagan, a.k.a. Rabbi Can't Lose, a.k.a. DJ PB, whatever nickname you want to give me. But this guy has one name. A lot of you guys already know him. His name is Jason Freed. And Jason runs 37 Signals, which is the main creators of Basecamp, which a lot of you guys use for project management. So they had a one-day event, How Do We Work? And so literally, imagine this. For like 500 bucks, you get to go see how they run their entire eight- or nine-figure business, however big it is. Think about like who you would love to sit down to and literally like Zuckerberg or Bezos or like the guy who runs Ben and Jerry's. I don't even care. And you get to learn how they run their business for a day for 500 bucks. That is a steal. Uh, What I was able to do is uh, grab Jason ahead of the event, sat down, and I wanted to ask him all the questions he never has been asked before. A lot of you guys have heard different shows where it's an interview of going boring shit. And I was like, that bores the hell out of me. Uh, So what we talked about, I have a little bit of a preview of it. Uh, we talked about how robots are going to take over the world and how do you uh, like help your kids not become a loser in that future. And Jason had answers for that. Uh, talked about his presentation style because I spend months working on a presentation. You might only hear me if you ever see me do a presentation for an hour, uh, but I'll spend six months working on it. Think about it. He only <laughs> spends no time. So I thought there was some really interesting stuff there. Uh, one thing about Jason I thought was really fascinating, and he kept kind of saying this in passing, Uh, was thinking about how to build things that outlast us or last a long time. So much of what we're building, like an iPhone, uh, you know, you replace it every year. And so we talk about the idea of building things to last uh, and what things do we have in our lives that are like lasting 10 years that we just don't even uh, recognize. Talked about some of our favorite places in the world, uh, where he's going to be going next. So you can go stock him there. Please don't do that. Um, What he does with his money. I'm I'm asking a lot of people that because I want to know what the hell to do with mine. Hopefully... It'll it'll teach you a few things about what to do with yours. How to make a website. A lot of you guys are starting businesses or have businesses. I like learning from people who've already done it and who are some of the best in the business. And so Jason talks a little bit about his process for what the first thing they do when they make a website and what's his workout and diet. And now I'm listening to the show again, and that's something I'm really trying to do is listen to every show multiple, multiple times to keep improving my craft. Uh, Jason talks about his no sweat workout uh, and then the things he does for his diet. Really, really fun show. You're definitely going to smile at least four times. Enjoy the episode. Why are you doing the seminar today? We're doing this thing where you're showing behind the scenes. I was like, yeah. why have all these random strangers up in your office? Yeah, <laughs> we've, uh, we've done this about six or seven times now. And um, the big thing is, is that I just enjoy showing people a different way to work. Like we work very differently than most companies. So for us, it's like, it's a great opportunity for us to, to show how we work. It's a great opportunity for us to show people what's possible. Um, and it's very small, so it's 35 people, or 25 to 30 people. And we do it, um, uh, it's also a way for us to hone. Like for me, I actually learn. So people pay us to be here and learn, but I learn back, which is I learn, I can watch people's faces and see what they respond to. So when I'm like, we do this, or we do this, or this is how we do that, people go, oh, interesting, or wow, I didn't think so, or whatever. For me, it's great to just to see those responses, because then I go, this resonates. So now that this, I know this resonates, I can write more about this or I can talk more about this or this wasn't, I thought it was clear and it wasn't that kind of stuff. So it's like market research in a way as well. Why do you make it so cheap? Well, we've been experimenting with price actually. Yeah. It, it started out with a hundred bucks, then it was 150, then it was 200, then it was 300 and now it's 500. And I'm going to keep going until it's also an experiment. Like. 
I'm just going to keep going. It sells out. It's selling out faster and faster as I increase the price. Hmm. So I'm really curious to see where the limit is. So I'll probably go up an extra 100 bucks or 250 bucks each time and see what happens. It's not about the money either. I don't care. Like, yeah, really you're matters. obviously not making a ton off doing it. That's that. not what we're doing this for. But it, it, it's also, it's just, I'm curious too about like what people are willing to pay for this kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. What have you learned in the past? Like any major takeaways so far in the past six or seven? Yeah, there's been one thing that really, really resonates with people that I wasn't sure would, but does, which is this idea, and I'll talk about it, which is this notion that um, we treat our company like a product and that people know how to inter- iterate on products. Like it's, it's a no-brainer. Everyone does it a little bit differently, but that if you continue to iterate on a product, the product should get better, like make it little small adjustments and constantly mm. make it better, right? But people kind of have a company and they just let it sort of exist. They don't iterate on improving their own company. Yeah. Like how they work and how they hire and how they think and how their benefits are. They just kind of let it sit and they put all their iterative energy into the product. Totally. But if you iterate on the company too, and I'll show you guys how we do that, your company can get a lot better as well, just like your product can get a lot better. So that's something that this idea that your company is also a product is something that's really seems to resonate with people. And I'm trying to figure out how to like talk more about that and write it more about that. And there's also things that, um, like one of the things people don't, understand very well is like when do you chat versus when do you like write something up and so i'm trying to hone in on getting figuring explaining that because in my head it's very clear but i'm trying to figure out how to explain it clearly and sometimes i hit a home run with the explanation other times i don't because this this conference or this workshop is not prepared in a sense it's it's we take it wherever people want to go with it so it's very spontaneous and sometimes my explanations are better than others and it's just kind of fun to explore that i came five years ago i don't know if you remember I, yeah, that's and when I, you, I first met you here. Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I, was, I was annoying guy in the crowd. I raised my hand. Yeah. I, I know, I ask questions. I can't yeah. help myself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. One thing that stuck with me and I've never forgotten was how you guys thought about, you don't, you know, I think a lot of people when they're making websites, and we have, you know, web properties that do relatively well. Sure. But everyone's like, oh, you design it and mock it up. You're like, no, we just write out the text. Yeah, we, we start. start and I just thought that was such a powerful statement, and that has not left me, and I've tried yeah. to share that with everyone. And I give you guys credit. Thank you. Well, I don't uh, but I, was just, I thought that was really cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm curious and excited to hear this. There's time. stuff like that, which is just like these. I've been doing it for so long, or we just believe in it so strongly that I don't think it's a big deal. But yeah. I can see in people's eyes and the reactions or questions that come up. They're like, "What? You guys? What?" And then I'm like, "Oh, okay. There's this something, is something there. that yeah, that people didn't huh. know about." So I like that. Yeah, man. it's we a did... great way to do that. There's no other way to do that. Like you can you can write an article. And then people get a can comment, comment but, the, but it doesn't have the same energy as like people going, wait, 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 wait. So wait, you do that? It's like, oh, because to me, the magic's in the follow-up questions. Yeah. It's not like the comment, it's like the follow-up. Someone, I say something, someone says something, I ask them something back, and then we go deep on something. Yeah. That's what's exciting, I think. It's a lot of work. It's five hours of talking. Yeah. Whatever. All right, we're going to go through rapid questions, then some biz. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite gift that you gave or received last holidays? Man, I'm not a gift person. All right, next question. Uh, what is your workout and diet? Uh, so I work out twice a week. I have a trainer, and I work out twice a week. And I've been going to this guy for like seven or eight years. Yeah. And he's got a very different philosophy than most, which is what I like him, which is like you don't sweat, you don't get tired. You leave the gym with more energy than you came in with, which is a different thing. Usually you go to the gym, you're like, you pound it out, and you're yeah. exhausted, and you're spent. But he's like, you know, look, man, that's a shitty way to think about things because Trainers who think that, his point of view is, trainers who think that way forget that their clients have like the rest of the day also to deal with. Yeah. So he's like, if I tire you out at 8 a.m. and then I send you off to work exhausted, like I'm not doing my job. That's not good for you. So he's very much into like building energy throughout the session versus spending it. So I like that. 
I do that. Um, my diet, I'm pretty careful about, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I don't eat a lot of uh, white stuff, refined white flour, that kind of <laughs> stuff, you know? Um, I was like, I love eggs, man. I yeah, like, okay. I do like eggs. Okay. But uh, um, I eat pretty healthy, a lot of salads, that kind of stuff. Um, but I really, the thing that changed like my diet really was cutting sugar back significantly. Yeah, I did like a six week no sugar thing. This is a couple of years ago. And um, I have the sugar back in my diet a little bit now. But what's cool is when you eliminate it completely and then you, you sort of begin to layer it back in, you feel it in a way that you've never, ever felt it before. Like, for example, when I eat an uh, apple, I feel I get a sugar rush from an apple, which I never, for like 30 some odd years, I'd never felt an apple before. Yeah. But now I realize that apples like have a lot of sugar. sugar in them. Totally. So it's just good to like get rid of it and then like bring it back in and then you feel the effect so you understand what it's doing. Totally. So I do that. Yeah. You love Chicago. I, it's a great city. Yeah. Love or like? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Can you love a city? I've, I love your wife. Yeah, yeah I you do. love a wife, but yeah. Yeah, maybe not a city. I don't know. I like, mean, it's a great city. I, have, I, I really love, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should say love, but I don't really feel like I love the city. I believe in it. I like a lot about it. There's a lot of things here I'm into, but love, I don't know. If you, well, two things. Yeah. One, if you had to move today, like your wife and the family have to leave, what city are you going to next? Where would I go to next? I would probably actually, this is a total change for me, I'd go to LA. Okay. Which I used to not like LA at all. And now I'm kind of getting into LA a little bit. I think LA is pretty interesting. There's a lot of really creative things going on there. Because I didn't like it for so long, I kind of would want to be there for a while. So there's LA I like. I also like the Northwest a lot, Portland, that kind of thing, that area. But um, I think I, I'm not good when there's not a lot of sunshine. Yeah. You know, I just, I need, I know. But <laughs> Chicago's actually cold, but it's, in the winter, it's usually pretty sunny. Today it's huh, not. Today it's just happy. But um, this, if it's like gray for a long time, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, so I think LA, if I went overseas, yeah. uh, Amsterdam. Ooh. Yeah. We spent some about 10 days in Amsterdam last year, and I, I'd never been there. I fell in love with the place. I love it. We're going back this, this summer for a little bit. I really like Amsterdam. The other city would be, actually, I'll give you a few more even though. Yeah, please, dude. Barcelona. Have you been? Dude, I just went. I love Barcelona. Barcelona's amazing. Spain in general, I was really impressed with. Spain's cool. Spain, I haven't been to a lot of places in Spain, but every place I've been, I love. Barcelona, I really love. And then... Um, what do you love about that? Like the tapas stuff or just like the culture? The food, the culture, and the architecture. The Gary. Just like the Gary, yeah. Or um, Gary, but also um, 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 Gaudi. Oh, Gaudi. Excuse Barcelona. me. Yeah, Excuse but me. also right. there's some Gary stuff there too. But Gaudi, I mean, just it's a, it's vibrant and colorful and be, fun. I like that place. And then I loved Japan. We went to Japan a few years ago. I'd never been. I love Kyoto and Tokyo and a few yeah. other places. I would go to spend some time in Japan too. How much of the year are you traveling? Very little, hardly at all. Okay. Yeah. Because I know your whole company is about remote, so I was curious. Yeah. If a lot of time. Around. I don't travel much, mostly because um, we have a young kid now, and it's just it's it's a pain in the ass to be honest. Yeah. So um, I think once he gets a little, he's two something now. So once he gets like three or four, it's easier to travel. Twos yeah. are really apparently very it is kind of hard to travel right now, just because he doesn't like being on planes and the whole thing. So I think once he's a little bit older, we'll do a lot more traveling. Um, but I'd like to actually go places and stay there for a while, like totally. rent a house for a month yeah. in a in a town and like get to know it. Yeah, I don't like the three or four day like rushing around. Yeah, because like travel like travel's exhausting in a sense. And you know, if your flight's delayed like half a day, like your trip is like cut down twenty five percent. It's totally. just no fun. So yeah. uh, it's funny you say that because like I live in Austin, and after six years, I, I love it. But after six years, I'm like I need a little bit more inspiration. So I'm actually yeah. going to go live in Israel for a month. Oh, cool! And then live in L.A. because yeah. I don't L.A. 
has actually grown on me, and it's cheaper than SF. And you yeah. can take a quick flight right up there. LA's growing on me, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's Maybe just, I'll see you there. I'll see you at the yeah, beach. I'll, I'll be like, there in February, actually, for the whole month, but you probably won't be there. On, like, next month? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll be there for a whole month. Um, I just got, I was there on Friday. Oh. Um, one thing I was curious coming back to, what other stuff do you actually love? Um, hmm. I mean, I'm, I've turned into, like, a big family guy, so I'm like, that's a big thing yeah. for me right now. Um, I love things that are, I'm really, like, okay, the word love is actually hard to, it's a hard word to talk about because, like, when you love your family, it's hard to say, like, I love an object because it's not the same, right? You can't, or, like, I love a thing. It's hard to say it's the same. But I think the things I really, I'm really into, let's just, like, call it that, um, are I'm really digging, like, I'm really into vintage watches right now. <laughs> so I'm, like, really into the vintage watch thing. Um, I really into architecture. I've always loved architecture and and uh, and that kind of stuff. I love cooking, so I'm really into cooking now. I, I really enjoy. Uh, I got really in, into espresso over the past year. Just kind of like really like the 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 like making it like you know I have a nice machine at home and grinding the beans and getting the grind right. And the whole process is fun. And like every time you do it, you just don't really know what you're gonna get. Yeah, because the humidity is different in the house and like all that shit. It's just. Like you, you, you grind it, you pack it, you put it in the thing, and you hit the button, and you wait like eight seconds, and all of a sudden, like, is it dripping or is it like running out in a stream? Like, what's the color of it? It's just fun, so I, I enjoy that. Um, I drink a lot of tea. I enjoy that. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of. I'm into a lot of things. I love cars. How do you find these things? That's one thing I wonder for myself and others. Like, how do you find? Do you just like, oh, you see a watch, like I like this watch, and then you go get curious? Yeah. Um. What my dad was into watches growing up. Still maybe is i mean we don't really talk about it so much anymore but he he collected like old american watches from the 20s and i just kind of like there were these neat little objects and i just got he got them on ebay for like 100 bucks and he just like went on ebay and bought stuff and i remember being in high school and just like seeing them and thought they were cool so i kind of got into them that way yeah and then over the past four or five years i've really gotten like deep into it in a way that's like it's an expensive hobby and like silly in a lot of ways because they're kind of it's interesting because vintage watches like you don't need a watch anymore, basically, right? You got your phone or whatever, right? You don't need to know the time that way. But to me, what I love about, like this watch is from the 70s, from 1970. So it's four, almost 50 years old, right? Um, and it still works. Nothing we are making today is going to work in 50 years. And I just love the fact that like, I can look at my wrist. This is 50 years old. And like things are built to last, and they can. And they're still very Ooh, valuable. And I like cool, that man. versus... I mean, we all have phones that are like, whatever, and it's fine. Every year, I'm it's like... It's fine. Yeah. It's fine that that's the case. Not everything has to last, but it's cool that you, we, the humans can make things that last, and that this is mechanical. It doesn't require battery. It's just, if I wear it, it works. And I just think that's a really cool thing, so I'm into that. Dude, I love it. Yeah. Uh, a few more... I, we got actually, a good amount of quick sure. questions. Uh, what was your high school superlative? You said high school. Like, did you have a... Superlative? What were you know? Like, uh, best known, you were most known... Oh. Most likely to... Um, I don't remember what that was, but I was really good at track. So I ran track in high school. Okay. So um, I was a sprinter and like I, I won every race. Uh, my senior year, every race I ran, I won. I was like, I got really good at sprinting. I ran in college for a little bit too. Okay. So that was fun. I was kind of like good at that. I was an athlete and, and stuff. I wasn't really into school. So I didn't really, I, I had a weird, interesting school like life because I was like kind of one of the popular kids for a while and then one and then not. And then yes, and then not. Like I kind of moved between these scenes, which is sort of interesting. Okay. Like I got in, and then I got hooked up with the wrong people, and then I like turned into like a bad kid, and then I like. Was a bad kid like drugs or? Um, cigarettes? I didn't, 
I didn't really do drugs, but I, I just like vandalism and like destruction, like that kind of stuff. Like I would, I got in, hooked up with these kids, these guys, and we just like would do stupid shit at night, like on the weekends. We just like break windows or like throw eggs at people's cars as they drove, like stupid shit yeah. like that, you know? And, and I look back on that now because I, I would not like, I would not damage like if I scratch something, I get irritated by it, right? And the fact that I would go and damage other people's stuff, like I just got hooked up with the wrong people. My parents knew it. My parents were like these are bad kids, and I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. But eventually, like something happened, and my parents were like, if this happens again, like you're out of here, like off to boarding school or whatever it is. And like I just cleaned up immediately. So I, I just cleaned up and I like got good again, and I was cool. But so I kind of, I, I had some really interesting experiences in school growing up, where I was kind of in different zones and with different people which is kind of cool i like that actually yeah yeah do your parents say i love you because it, it was interesting yes. when asked, they do say it yeah because asian families actually a lot of asian families don't i need a lot of asian girls got it yeah yep. <laughs> so, so, so love is like they're they have a hard time saying that kind of admitting stuff. like certain and even for me now like with certain friends not like i was getting out of the car with my buddy jr and i was like i, lo- I love your dog yeah i can do it uh, yeah, but it's, yeah uh, i'm to, uh my parents have were loving and supportive I mean, my parents were extremely supportive, which I think is something I realize now. Um, like, I also played basketball in high school the freshman year. I'm short, so like, you know, we can't. It's not like we're going to be. You got point guard. Yeah, look yeah, at me. You and I, right together. So <laughs> I was like so, bench warmer. Right. So, so I, I, I was bench warmer. I, I basically played one game the whole season. I didn't score any points. I played for like six minutes, like the whole season. But my parents came to every single game, and that kind of stuff, like that's awesome, man. That kind of shit, just I think really, really, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but now I look back on it now, and now that I'm a parent, like just being there for somebody is important, really important. Yep. Uh, I have like a billion dollars in my bank account, give or take. I can buy you any watch or any car you want right now. <laughs> um, car. So I, I'm a big fan of Aston Martin. To me, Aston Martin is the best. My favorite car brand. Um, what about their brand? What about it? Yeah. Um, first of all, I think stylistically, they're the most aesthetically, they're the most beautiful cars made today. So I, that's aesthetics, first of all. Second thing is they're primarily still almost entirely made by hand, which is very rare today. Um, and by, by that, I mean like the metal. There's no robots or anything? I mean, there's robot assistance, but like the metal, for example, for like the shape of the car is hand hammered. Oh, I had no still. idea. Um, the person who did the final inspection on the car, is, their name is printed like on a sill, like on a piece of metal oh, on the car. That's dope. On the engine, the engine is hand assembled by somebody. So like, there's machines that are helping because these pieces are heavy, you know. But they're it's handmade. So there's that. They're also the last independent car manufacturer, basically. So they're the last that's not owned by a big conglomerate. And I think that's really cool. It's very rare. That's kind of how we are. We're like the independents. So I, I like that about them. Um, also, the other thing I, that's really important about Aston that I like is that their um, their materials are honest. So if you see a piece of metal, there's something that looks like metal on an Aston Martin, it is metal. In almost every other car, including like high-end luxury brands, a lot of things are plastic that are like chrome. Like carbon fibered out or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or fake carbon fiber totally. or like it looks like metal, but if you touch it, like it's plastic. Aston Martin, if it me- looks metal, it's metal. If it looks wood, it's wood. If it looks like carbon, it's carbon. And I love that honesty of materials. And they're like, there's hardly anyone that does that. So I don't know which model it would be because I don't really like any of their current models necessarily. But that, them. Okay, so I get you Aston. Yeah, and then give me an Aston. <laughs> um, I think as far as watches go, I think um, 
There's actually, there's two things. There's a, a brand called Alangenzone or Alangenzone, which is a German brand. And I love their watches. I mean, I, I own a couple of them, so it's not like I, I need one, but but I, I, I love the brand. I got you. But there's actually a guy in Tokyo, this guy who makes watches by hand, self-taught, beautiful, cool fucking watches. This guy, out of his apartment, he makes them. He, he, learned, he read a book. There's a famous book by this guy named George Daniels, who, who's a watchmaker back in like the early 1900s, I think, or late 1800s, early 1900s, actually. He wrote this book called, I think it's called Watchmaking or something. And this kid in Tokyo read the book. And watchmaking is very hard because it's like nanos. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, right? Yeah. They're mechanical machines, like really detailed, hard stuff. He read this book and learned how to do it and like built his own tools and like bought the machines. And out of his apartment, he makes these beautiful, beautiful things. And he only makes like a handful a year. And there's like a four or five year waiting list to get one. Are you on the wait list? No, I'm not. What's that watch called? I don't even know how to pronounce his name right now. Okay. I'll send you an email. Okay. I'll show you a picture of it. But it's, uh, um, like, I'd like to have one. Uh, I don't need one. Nothing of the stuff I need. But it'd be cool to support him. Like, that's, I kind of want to, I love the thing and yeah, I'd love to support man. him too. But I don't want to wait four or five years for something. Like, I would just lose interest <laughs> in it. That's the problem. What is something you have waited for? Have waited Or you for? have worked on. I mean, you've worked on Basecamp now how long? Well, we've been in business 17 years, but Basecamp, the product's been around for 12 years. I mean, different, ver- different versions. It's interesting because yeah. like you, at the same time, have been working on something. Because for yeah. me, I think about that where internet years, like every internet year to me is like 10 human right. years. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for like a thousand years. Right. It does feel that way it, sometimes. It, it goes quickly. Um, what's left on your bucket list? Uh, Prague, Mitch, hopefully a lot of things. Um, <laughs> That's great. I want to see the Northern Lights. I would love, I want, always wanted to see a space shuttle launch, but I never did because they don't shoot them up anymore. But I'd like to see a rocket launch of some sort. I think that would be, to me, that is like the, one of the coolest, and it's not like it's hard to do. You just go down to Florida, Cape Canaveral, like schedule it and you could do it. It's not a big deal. I just haven't done it. So like Northern Lights, a space shuttle or something launch would be cool. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have like, I don't really work that way, to be honest. I don't have like a long list of things I want to do in life. I just like, I kind of mostly focused on now and like new things will come up that I didn't know about that I'm like, oh, that's cool. I want to go there. I want to see that. Is there anything recently that you were like, dude, I'm so glad I got to do that? Amsterdam was great. Like I'd never wow. been to Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, I've been to most places in Europe, but never been to Amsterdam. And I just really liked the place. The sensibilities totally were great. The, the canal. scale, the canal, the scale of all the architecture and just the, the city size, the people, just the attitudes there. I totally. just really liked it a lot. Have you spent time there? I, I've been there two or three times. And yeah. I, I've, I've done the red light. I have, I think I've yeah, yeah. a little bit. But like what I also like is the biking culture. Yeah, that too. They have like dedicated amazing. bike lanes. Yes. Yeah, and then the Vondel Park. Did you go to like Vondel's that? amazing. Yeah, all uh, the parks are amazing. Yeah. The parks are amazing. There's so many of them. The biking thing is interesting because it's like, what's cool about the biking thing there is that um, bikes have the right of way, which is like, it's not an exception. Like they have the right of way. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And I finally rode a bike when I was there. I hadn't done that before. Um, ever? Well, no, I ridden a oh, bike. Oh, but not, no, like, no. I hadn't been to Amsterdam <laughs> before, but like at the end of the trip, oh, I finally yeah. ran, rode a bike. And it was such a different feeling than anything I've ever ridden before because you don't have to stop. Like it's just like you just go through and cars stop. It's like ants. Yeah, it's like ants. And it's, it, was, it was like this really cool pace and the city's quieter because there's no cars or very few very cars. And... I just loved it there. I really loved it. I could see myself living there for sure. It's funny. When I was there, I met um, 
David Allen, the Getting Things Done guy, because I was speaking at a conference there, and he moved there. So he lives there. He's based there. Oh, wow. Nice yeah. Here. And I met a couple other people who were, like, Americans who moved there. Amsterdam and, it is, dude. Yeah. So right. I really like Amsterdam. Um, Tokyo blew me away, too. Like, Japan blew me away. The food Loved game it. there for me food was like, I, mean, I would just, I want to do a food trip. Yeah, you should. That's mm-hmm. a great place to do it. Uh, what do your parents, what did your parents do? And I asked that because my parents, my dad was an engineer. Mm-hmm. My biological father was a salesman and mm-hmm. I'm kind of in between. So I'm mm-hmm. always kind of curious. My mom's a nurse, which yep. I don't think I'm very empathetic or nursing. like right. uh-huh. uh, But I guess it makes me curious about other people's parents. Yeah, sure. My mom um, worked as a secretary for an interior designer for like 35 years, like the same woman. So they worked, or something like 30 years or maybe some of that. Before that, she was in real estate. Before that, she worked, I think, in a bank as a teller or something. So she's kind of done like um, service-oriented secretarial kind of jobs. Um, she stopped doing that. The woman she worked for, her business went out of business, so she just like stopped. Okay. Um, my dad um, used to work, my dad ran a factory for a while, of a uh, plastics plant. Like they made, um, it's called Carpet Runner, which is like, it's kind of an old school thing. I don't think they even okay. do. I don't know what that so is. So like you'll see, and maybe you'll go to like your grandma's house or something, and there'll be like stairs in the house, and there'll be like plastic Car, like pl- clear plastic rug basically going over stairs or over yeah, so when you yeah. walk on it you don't wear the carpet out kind of thing yeah, you don't that. get it dirty anyway they made that so we did that for a while um, and then hated it I think he ran the factory for like or he was the president of the company it was a small thing uh, outside of Chicago I don't know how long it was um, I think it was right after college he did that for a while or something like that maybe no it couldn't have been after college because he was still doing it when I was anyway I don't know he did that for a while then he quit and then went off to just be a private investor. So he's a stock, he's trade stocks for himself, stocks, options. Oh. So he's like a stockbroker, but not for anyone else, just it's for private. himself, private. So he's done that. He still dabbles in that. I have anxiety. I'm the opposite of you. And it's not anxiety, but. Well, like, I have it too. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what do you normally get anxiety about? All sorts of things. What's yeah. like the last thing or. My, like my kid's safety sometimes. I get a little bit like. Like I'll see him fall and I'll just freak out or like that yeah. kind of stuff. So I'm getting much better at that. But that first kind of kid, stuff. yeah, it's yeah, hard first to know kid. Um, and then there's just like I don't love traveling. Just like the it's not the tra- it's not like the airplane itself. It's just like the I don't like hassles. The thing I try to avoid in my life are hassles hmm. at every level. And so to me, like traveling is a major hassle. Like you, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's an amazing thing that we can get on a plane and go somewhere, right? But like. Getting to the airport and like just lugging stuff and like I don't like to be late so like that and and all these things like compound to travel <laughs> I don't like yeah. the uh, I, I've been thinking about it so I was gonna ask the end but I ask now is uh, how has the the kid changed your work life how has that changed how you because I've heard a lot of times people have a kid they're like I go to work and I leave it right at five yeah now I realize the money I make is for this person yeah has it changed anything um, for you? I've always been pretty much a I've been pretty good with work hours always for the most part. But it does, I do want to make sure I get home around 5, 5.30, 6 now because um, he goes to sleep at like 7.30. And so every half hour I miss is like missing 25% of my day with him kind of thing. So the, the, hmm. like, way of looking the at time it. that I can like blow at work over a half hour like is magnified with him. So I'm just more careful about that. And I make sure we hang out in the morning and you know, I get him up in the morning and that sort of thing. So. Uh, the anxiety thing for me is you wrote an article and a lot of your talk is working and optimizing your work life and productivity. I like having a full schedule and I've met people that are busy. I love being busy and I'm like, most of your busy is, is bullshit stuff. I, I, I look at your schedule. I see what yeah. your output. It's not very impressive. Right. 
So what I I like knowing things are going on the week, and you're the opposite to like some extent where your week like yeah like my Something. week literally is like uh, let me see if I have a calendar on this like for uh, I don't have it on this one right. it's on the other. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like literally my days are like I yeah. like I love having blocked it planned. everything out so sure in next month I'm gonna have a week where I have nothing planned okay. I'm gonna experiment yeah try so it. how do you deal with that like how do you deal with not having stuff planned and then having some things planned right? I I love it because um, what I found this is just me. I, yeah, no, I want to learn. When I, yeah, when I schedule things far out in advance or like load my calendar up, I end up regretting those things. Because that means like I can never decide in the moment what's more important to do. I like having big open blocks of time not on my calendar. Like they're not like, I don't have blocks on the calendar. I just have like every time, all time is free to me except for the things I have. And um, whenever I have a full day, like tomorrow I have like, something at 11, something at two and something at five. Like I, I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. Not that I'm not looking forward to the people I'm meeting and talking to. Like I'm looking forward to those things, but my, I don't have a day anymore. I have like chunks of a day and then I just can't get deep into something. So I, I just like, like I learned, so I wrote this post about Warren Buffett's schedule. Do you know about this? Mm -mm. Warren Buffett, like, you know, you know who he is, right? He does this thing. Now, some people go, well, he's Warren Buffett, so he can do this. Like, I hate those arguments because I think anyone can do whatever they pretty much want to do for the most yeah. part. Or learn the elements of it. Yes, I mean, certainly it. you don't have the power. But anyway, if someone wants to get a hold of Warren Buffett or have a meeting with Warren Buffett, um, he tells his secretary that they have to call back the day before. You cannot book with Warren Buffett in advance. The only advance is the day before. So if you want to meet Warren Buffett Thursday, you have to call him Wednesday. And then he will decide if he wants to like what he wants to do Thursday on Wednesday. And then he'll be like, I want to keep Thursday open because I want to do something else. And so he'll just say like, I'm, I'm full, I'm booked. But the point is, is that you cannot say, I mean, maybe in some cases, people, certain there's exceptions, but for the most part, if you want to meet with him Thursday, you call Wednesday. You don't call like four weeks in advance because he'll just say no. Call me the day before. Yeah, and so I just like, that's what I've been doing. It's like, if you want to talk to me, like call me the day before, like hook me up the day, or let's talk, or email me, whatever it is the day before. And I'll let you know if I'm free. And I get that that's in some ways it's dismissive of other people, but, but I don't see time. it that way. It's, yeah. I don't I, see it I, that I way. I think we're too giving of our time. I, I think agree. we're too like, Oh yeah, here, take this. I'm like, you're not getting that back. No, it's the most precious thing we have <laughs> is time. Is. And actually more precious than that is attention, which is a subset of time hmm. because you don't have as much time as you have. You have less attention. That's interesting. And so, cause it's just, it is, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so, just to give that out, like it's free and doesn't cost anything. <laughs> it's like the people on the streets. It's like, oh, you get one, you get one. It's so weird like, yeah. to me. So I'm very careful about it. And if someone told me to call them back the day before, I'd be like, that's great. No problem. So I, w- I don't feel like that's offensive or dismissive. It's just the way I care about my time. Uh, question with that would be like, how do you organize that with like long-term plan stuff? I mean, some things I have. You put like, in the calendar. If I'm you speaking know. on a conference like in three months you and like schedule. I have to for like, I, I, I can't. They can't ask me the day before the conference. Like they've got their own deadlines. But right? you schedule time to like work on your presentation. No, I don't work. I don't have presentations. I do everything spontaneously. So I don't. I don't have any canned anything. How do you do them with your company? How do you plan things? I'll talk about that in an hour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> you, no. Uh, you and for your presentations, I, Han, go on on this for a second. Yeah. Tell me more about this. I, I either do only do like live interviews or Q and A on stage, or I don't. I don't. I used to do prepared. Yeah, because it takes me it takes me weeks, and well, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about anxiety it. too. It causes me anxiety if I'm thinking about. Oh, I'm totally thinking about. It. It's like fuck. I've got this presentation in two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. That will be on my mind for two weeks. I don't want that on my mind for two weeks. So I basically say to the organizer of the conference, like, 
Um, I'll do a live onstage Q&A. You can interview me. Someone else can interview me. I'll take questions from the audience. I like spontaneity. I don't like canned, prepared stuff. It's just not me. All right. I'm using that yeah. from now on. Uh, not all the time, but I, I think I'll at least yeah. be trying that out. Uh, you do a lot of deep work. Where and when do you do that? Here. In the office? In yeah. the, uh, or at home. I mean, wherever. I work from wherever. Okay. But my schedule is open always, except like I posted that thing. You saw pictures of them. Like I've got a couple things a week, basically a few things a week that are like I have to do um, that are like a call or whatever, whatever. Other than that, I'm, I'm working. Um, for your child, like I'm personally worried about our children for like, because I feel like the robots and AI and all this stuff. Yeah. Like what advice would you going to give your kid for when they like when as a, your kid's growing up? Be a problem solver. That's it. It's not about like, first of all, by the way, for whatever it's worth, I think programming is a shitty uh, career to go into. Like for the next, for 20 years from now. Why? Well, everyone's like, learn programming, CS. Like, I think computers are going to program themselves. I don't think like we're going to tell computers what to do. That seems like a very now thing. I don't think in 20 years that's really what's going to be happening. Um, so I think like all this attention on CS and stuff, I actually think is. I think it's good from a problem-solving perspective. Like so how, to te- about, yeah. how to think about how to think about like there's this thing I need to solve. How am I going to do this? Like that's all practical, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Is I want my kid. I'd like my kid to be a good problem solver. I don't care what problem they're solving. If you know what how to solve a problem and approach a problem, whatever it is, you're going to be fine because there will always be problems. Dude, I love it. You always seem to know answers. I, like on your, I, I mean, mean and they're opinions. They're not true, true, fa- not really uh, facts. That's what I think. You, you seem, um, and you know, it's funny. Uh, people only see the dish that when it comes out of the kitchen, they never see what happens in the kitchen, right? So wh- I guess I was curious. Like, when's the last thing you were uncertain about, and then how did you solve? Oh, I'm uncertain about. It. I disagree with myself all the time, all the time. <laughs> but like, you just try. Like, for example, the interesting thing is we just tripled the price of Basecamp for new customers, old customers, grandfather, grandfather. New customers, Basecamp's now 100 bucks a month. It used to be 29 Okay. Um, big risk, technically. Yeah. But like, I felt pretty confident about it, but I didn't know. Didn't know it was going to happen. Um, so we just did it. We rolled it out. Like Over six weeks, we made some ch- eight weeks, we made some changes and like rolled it out. And it's turning out that it's working out great. Okay, So like it's doing better than we even anticipated. But um, I didn't know if it was going to work. I thought it was going to work. The way I work is I think about like the spectrum of certainty. And if I feel pretty good about it, then I think it's worth trying. If I really have a lot of doubts, I just won't put the effort in. I just don't like, I'm not motivated enough to put the effort in. So it's not about like getting rid of all the doubts. It's like, if I just have those doubts, I just, I, we won't do it. I don't want to do it. Until you get your certainty up. Yeah, until I get certainty up. But I won't work on getting the certainty up. Maybe the certainty will come up later because a new idea will pop in my head and go, oh, that was the tick. That was the key to making that work. But I won't like, I won't, if I'm at like, I don't think about this in terms of like 20%, but if I'm at 20% certainty on something, I'm not going to like work for the next week to get to 50%. I'm just going to be like, no. And then later on, something will come to me and go, that's how we get to the next thing. You actually said something five years ago now that I remember that was really great. It's like, we don't necessarily write down every product feature. We wait till things boil up to the top like Yeah, they keep bubbling up. I love that. Uh, How'd you connect with Bezos? He connected with us. All right. How is he in person? Cool. Wonderful. One of the most interesting people I've ever met. I only see him. I haven't seen him for a couple of years now. But like, the thing about him that one it's really thing hard about to ask him, short questions. I know. Dude. I just want to tell you one thing about him. Yeah. That, that, that I love is that um, I've never been around somebody before that made me feel good about myself for the next week. Like I met him the first time I met him, I just felt good about myself for a week. It was weird. If you have a like, when you have a problem, who's the first person you think of calling? 
Depends what the problem is. Business problem. Uh, David and I hash things out all the time together. Uh, when's the last time you disagree with David? All the time. Okay. How do you guys normally resolve to get a resolution? We sort of argue and debate, and then it's pretty clear who wants this more, and then they Go get ahead. it. Perfect. Love it. Any perks with your company you won't do? You guys have a great office, great perks. You have like snack break. Equity. Like flat out equity was not something we do. We just introduced profit sharing, but equity, like I don't want that. I don't like what that does. How'd you guys, really quickly, how'd you guys determine how much profit, because we do profit sharing at Sumo Group. Yep. How'd you guys determine your formula or how do you calculate how much to We does? just did this. So um, what we basically said was it's based on profit growth, not just profit existing. So everything above the target profit. Yeah, there's, we basically set a baseline of this year, essentially. And it's like from here on out, we have to keep beating the high watermark. If we beat the high watermark, we distribute a certain percentage um, to everybody based on how long they've been here. Dope. Uh, what do you do with the money you make? Morning, meaning, and I'm asking this selfishly because I'm always curious how people that have money, because you have some money, yeah. uh, how do you invest it? Like, what do you, does it sit in cash? Do you put it in stock? I have a lot of cash, like sitting around, like, I, in the, what I mean a lot, like, I'm not saying like. Yeah, but you have cash yeah, sitting mostly around. Mostly cash, and then I, I'm in the stock market. Okay. Um, I've been in the, I love stock market. I've been investing for years and years and years. Yeah, my dad. Anything unique you do with your money that most people don't? Um, probably have it sit in cash. Okay. Because it's technically losing money and it's, I'm not using it, but. I'm a big preservation person. So for me, it's like, once I have it, I don't want to lose yeah, it. Yeah, I want to know where it is. I want to see it. Yeah, but it's not like I, it's not like I want to double or triple it. I don't, just that's not there. how I think. I just don't <laughs> want to lose it. Yeah. It's, so, it's a very common thing I've noticed with my friends who have money that are like in the seven, eight figures. Yeah. Like we're like, I just, I don't, like I like making it. I don't like, I don't even like spending it that much. Yeah. I just like kind of having it there. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, like my watch habit is sort of something I put money into. Um, I've, I've slowly, I put a, some money into some friends' companies, but I'm not an investor. I'm not an angel. I don't do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what does your team say you need to improve on? If I talk to everybody at the company and they'd be like, say oh. I need to improve yeah, on? Yeah, like, if I ask them, like, what's the real story about Jason Fruit? Uh, probably that the, it's not clear how we come to certain conclusions here. Like, I don't think I always share enough of the backstory. I share. I try and share as much as I can. Yeah. But um, I would say that like they don't necessarily know why a lot of things happen. Maybe that'd be my guess. Uh, and what are you looking forward to most in 2017? Um, we're writing a new book. So like from that perspective, writing this new book and this new book out called The Calm Company, and it's all about like how we're 40-hour work weeks, how we take it easy here. But I don't mean like easy, like lazy, but just we we squeeze out all the waste, and then 40 hours is plenty of time. And like how we work and how we're not interrupting each other all the time and how the office is quiet and all those things. So we're writing a book about that. So I can't wait to get that out. Do you know David Hauser, grasshopper.com? Yeah. I just talked to him two days ago for the first time. We've known each other. Uh, but they did, he was telling me numbers and I think it's public, but he was doing $30 million plus with 30 people. That's great. And I, and yeah. cause it's funny. It's are they still doing that or are they no, they sold. Big, he sold right? it. Oh, that's right. Citrix. That's right. What, what, what really amazed me though is that everyone always has, like at, at my company, how many people do you have? I'm yeah, like, I know. why does it matter? So why does it matter? Who I'd rather have less people, more robots, yeah. more success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, that's it. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks, man. Boom. Was the questions like some more? I love them. I hadn't heard them before. Ah, yeah. I spent a lot of time. Yeah, to, uh, no, that was good. Prep it. That was really good. Well, that's a wrap. I really, 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 really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I want you to go text someone you love them and just be like, "Yo, I'm thinking of you right now." After that, write a review of the show or send it over to someone else that you think would really appreciate it. And then after that, go enjoy a taco. I know I eat tacos. I really did. I just had one again this morning. Uh, feel free to tweet me any feedback. I love learning how to make every episode better in the future, and, and it, I want it to be fun for me, and I want it to be fun for you so that you're really getting something out of it too. So at Noah Kagan, K-A-G-A-N, 
You can tweet, twat, whatever you want to do, let me know. And I love uh, new episode ideas or ways I can make the show better. And you can find more about me at okdork.com and the companies I help work at, which is appsumo.com, which is a Groupon for Geeks, and sumomi.com, which is free marketing tools for people who want to kick ass in their small business. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.